0: Hello there and welcome. From the Bray Seafront, south of Dublin, next to the carousel, this is Living Large and Hard, Memories of Ireland. So sit back, get comfortable, cop on to yourself, you tick fucking bastards, and enjoy, because here we go. Hi. Welcome to Living Large and Hard. I have been to Ireland seven... Oh, by the way, thanks, Mick, down there in Bray. Second favorite city in Ireland. I would say Kilke is the first. Um, outside, it's on the Shannon side. Bray is south of Dublin. Kilke is west of Shannon. Good good tip for you. I, I would recommend... I mean, unless you have a reason to go to Dublin, like you want to, you're into the history, or you're really into Guinness, I wouldn't recommend going. Um... Sorry to my occasional Dublin listener. You can feel free to make a rebuttal. But uh, the west is the beautiful part. And the cities are very difficult to drive through. Not... You got to get away a lot. Let's put it that way. Um, you're going to get more out of being in the country. Kilkee is not a very far drive from Shannon Airport out there in the west. And it's right on the Atlantic. Circular Harbor some stunning cliffs off to the west. And um, the, the street, one street up from the harbor itself is where all the pubs are. Most of the pubs. Enough pubs, let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, you can just basically get a bed and breakfast there and park your car and r- walk wherever you need to go. Um, anyway, this is pubs part one part of my memories of ireland i did planes i did cars i did three different um episodes about boats because i've been there so many times i've done all kinds of shit in ireland seven times like i said um you know i had so many people tell me oh i've always wanted to go you know then fucking go it's not like i have a lot of money not like I've ever had a lot of money, but I've always managed to go. And I've managed to go other places other than Ireland. Um, but if you do want recommendations, just hit me up. You can do that on shitforbrains at uh, gmail.com, x i t f e r brains. You can also, Micromax Marvin on Facebook, message me, DM me, Living Large and Hard on Instagram. Uh, also, feedback on the show. Let's get this fucking thing rolling. I don't know why I'm rambling so much. Probably. I haven't done one of these in a bit. Um, So let's get back into the groove here, man. First thing, with Ireland, the pub culture is a culture. Uh, It's not like here where people go out once in a great while and do a million shots and yell and holler and bullshit like that. You go and you meet people. It's a lot more laid back. I'm sure the other stuff, I haven't been there since 2012, but... And I first went there in 93 or 94. So it didn't really change all that much in those times. And it hadn't changed in probably 200 years in front of that. Um, I read the book Dubliners by James Joyce. And man, I tell you what, whenever that was, written, I believe that was over 100 years ago. Same, Same love of language. Same love of humor. Um, and if you want to, I recommend reading that. There's also the Berrytown Trilogy. I've read that probably three times. It's, it's an easy read. It's three different stories that have been put together about one family. And it's basically just language. And I love language. And very amusing. Um... The Commitments, which was a worldwide hit, is, is the first book in the book. And The Snapper is the second, and The Van is the last. Uh, the Commitments is a good movie. The Snapper is still one of my favorite movies of all time. And The Van is a horrible movie, but it's a good read. So if you want to get an idea of the culture of the pubs and um, how... Harrowingly wicked the sense of humor for the for the women can be, which I saw and I made sure I steered clear of getting <laughs> getting in the sights of it um, I would recommend the snapper uh, as a movie. I just saw it again recently, and I don't need subtitles, did I originally yeah, but um you may want subtitles, so I would recommend that anyway nah, there's no warm beer. That's bullshit. Maybe, maybe into the 80s, out in the boonies, possibly, but I kind of doubt it. So you can just get rid of that idea. That ain't happening. Even when I was there 20 years ago, they already had Guinness Extra Cold. So that thing here, you know, you blast the, the fucking chill on beer till it has absolutely no goddamn flavor on top of the beer having regular beer, I'm not talking about craft beer, um, absolutely no fucking flavor, and then making it light beer on top of that, and blasting it with a cold, and having no, absolutely no fucking flavor, so, no warm beer. Um, my first pint was in Killikey, and uh, nice little place, went in, it was early in the day, I think we just rolled in from the airport, asked for a Carlsberg, and a pint, When you want a pint of Guinness, you just say you'd like a pint. And she said, sure. And um, got the Carlsberg. And then I uh, stood there for the Guinness and realized that's not how it works. Because a lot of of you would know this, but some of you don't. A properly poured Guinness takes time. So it gets filled about two-thirds of the way. Settles a bit, and then it's topped off and pushed with nitrogen instead of CO2. And there's a fast pour pulling forward and a slow pour pushing backwards. So it takes a while. So I just stood there, and she, she looked at me like, you know, stand there if you want. Knucklehead. It's going to be a while. Uh, to this day, if I'm watching something that takes place in Ireland, like Dairy Girls started watching that. I don't know if any of you caught up with that one. That's, that's pretty good. But hearing that from the nitrogen pushing the Guinness brings back memories. Um, Also, that first stop, first pub, some gentleman came in. And um, I don't know if those guys are still around. There used to be these guys, uh, farmers. But they would come into town and they'd put their their jacket on, you know, and a button-down shirt um this guy probably wasn't a farmer he probably just lived in town but he was a regular he came in and he asked if she had gotten the paper yet and she said no so what she did was open the cash drawer took some change out closed it and went next door to get the newspaper for him didn't lock the register or anything else so i went cool i liked his attitude (laughs) uh speaking of guinness guinness Um, it's very, it's different over there. What's the main ingredient in beer? Water. The water there is is different. It's very soft. It's filtered through, you know, they don't put it through a filter that's made of the shit. It just, you know, from the rain and going into the ground, it's filtered through a lot of vegetable matter. And so therefore it's very soft. It actually, some of the taps runs out brown. What are you going to do? Um, that's out in the boonies. Still tastes great. Like I guess that's fantastic water. Um, and they're very, very meticulous about their Guinness. The Guinness man I've seen him in a few pubs comes in with his his shirt and tie, and then spends an inordinate amount of time adjusting the taps so they're absolutely perfect. But anyway, drinking a lot of Guinness, which by the way is not highly alcoholic. That's another mythos. It has less than Budweiser. Dark beer is not necessarily highly alcoholic beer. Um, It would give me Guinness guts, which means it would go in and at some point would come back out looking pretty much like Guinness again, Um, which I will allude to later in this uh, episode that happened to me in in the city of Bantry. So I was in a pub in Kilkee, and I saw these people drinking something that was not Guinness and was not beer and it was very slightly pink and it didn't have much of a head on it so on my way to the Jack's the Bog, whatever you want to call it um I checked out the can and it was called Bulmers and it was cider so I went up and ordered a Bulmers and man, that was it that was the end of Guinness for me now the Bulmers cost a bit more but um you know no guinness guts so and i ended up down the road actually getting a kegerator or you know home tap and i had wood woodpecker cider on tap at my house which you know probably contributed to the fact that i no longer drink because i went really at it one time the last time and headed for the finish line and i didn't care if i finished slumped over the wheel alive or dead but i'm here and I'm not a ghost. Um, Say, so yeah, I really, I really love Bulmers a lot. Um, here it's called Magners. There's some... There's all these different fucking... And what is it called? Bulmers Woodpecker. <laughs> Bulmers Woodpecker. I like that. In, in um, Great Britain, it's called that. There's all these licensing things. Here it's called Magners. I was actually in the Port Authority bus terminal back when where I had uh, talked to the barman so much who was from Ireland that I came in another time and he remembered me and he wandered over with a can and said, What's this? And I said, Bulmers. He said, "Ah, Correct, but it's not. It's Magnus." And I went, Fire it up, man. I don't give a shit. So Bulmers became quite the obsession. I even drove to Clonmel, which is where their main orchard is, I don't know what I expected to see, but all I saw was a bunch of fucking apple trees. So, yeah, there's that. Um, But Danny Boy and I were in Bray, and Danny Boy makes quite a few appearances in this shit. That that would have been in our 98 trip. Um, And they had these brand-new, beautiful glass Bulmers ashtrays. And we were up in the front of the bar or you could look out across the Bray Promenade out at the Irish Sea, and you'd see these giant container ships cruising along. And at night, you could see uh, lighthouses up the coast. It was really, oh, I like that place, man. And there was one time, I am not sure which pub it was, but it was in Bray. And there was this um, tremendous rumbling, rhythmic rumbling and um, crashing outside. Went outside, and the tide was very high and crashing into the seawall. Man, that was good stuff. So anyway, they had these really cool ashtrays. Unfortunately, the bar wasn't very busy. (laughs) And we were in a a direct line of sight of the barman. And um, I uh, not proudly have a history of stealing things. Uh, Danny does not so he looked fucking guilty and the barman was keeping an eye on us but we made off with him eventually god it took fucking forever it took I mean just you know move him a little bit move him a little bit move him a little bit uh, grab him and then get the fuck out of there also in Ballybunion which is a cool little town it was like one part of a fort up on the cliff and then there's this really nice beach um i remember i was at the beach one time and went up this very difficult i'm pretty fit but this was a difficult trail to get to the top and at the top said danger do not use this trail didn't say that at the bottom uh but they had uh it was the the bar the pub was in the same building some of these things have like they'll have a pub a hotel or i mean a bed and breakfast or hotel and the, like one had a, a houseware shop, all in the same building, all run by the same family. So they would have to, you know, ding, ding. They have to run over here, run over there, run over there. Um, so we we were staying upstairs at the bed and breakfast, and they had this really cool, which is already becoming rare, tin ashtray, pyramidal shaped, and it was a Bulmers. And uh, I told the second ex-misses, living large in her, when she, because I would do the driving and all the planning and she would get the rooms at the bed and breakfast and settle up and that kind of stuff I said tell the guy I'll give him you know give him five I think it was punts still then it wasn't euro I'll give him, I'll give him five euro I'll give him five punts which is Irish pounds which is not the same as British pounds um, which if you go to Northern Ireland you're still using pounds sterling and now if you go to the Republic of Ireland you're using euro so it's hassle so anyway, I told her to tell the guy. Um, I'll give him five, you know, I'll give him five puns for it. So when I get there, he, they still hadn't finished uh, the checkout process. And he looks at me kind of weird. And I'm like, oh, God. And she's, uh, and then he goes, oh, so you wanted the ashtray, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks. I mean, I would appreciate it. He goes... Uh, You certainly drank enough for it, so he he just gave it to me for nothing. Because Danny Boy and there we were in there. um, as We tend to do. We would be in pubs for a long time. Yeah, we were in one where the barman left and just left. (laughs) He just left us at the fucking bar. He had to go. We were drinking Tullamore Dew, and uh, we had killed the partial bottle he had started. And do not dismay, gentlemen. And he went down in the basement and found a dusty bottle for us and then uh, poured us a couple more and then said he was fucking off to bed. That was a... What the fuck was that called? I think it was called the Lamb's Head out on the coast. And, uh... Yeah, that's right, because Danny Boy had someone puking in the room next to his. And then in our room, I woke up to a cat meowing right like right in the window and then i got up opened the curtain and the cat was there And the cat took off but i looked at the sky and it was the absolute because there was not there's no light and there was no light because it was just the ocean with this bay so the stars went right straight down to the black horizon because there was nothing to light the horizon, you just knew it was there because looking out, and then they were also reflected in the bay, and it was uh, it was astonishing. I uh, in Michigan, my the Nazi with orthopedic shoes, my maternal grandmother lived up, which at the time was the middle of nowhere when I was a kid in Michigan. So I was used to skies where the Milky Way would actually look three D, like it was coming out of that black velvet up there but man i had never seen anything like that um there's a couple of the the, uh the bogs the jacks the bathrooms the toilets as they're called there are interesting as well a couple of them i would call the loo with a view because when you're up there uh taking a whiz you're looking out a window which became any of you who went to the mini mansion after it was done I had a chest-high urinal that looked out the windows, which was inspired largely by taking a piss in Ireland. Uh, They have... A lot of them had the communal trough urinals instead of the individual ones. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And some of them were metal. And uh, heat can be a little bit hard to come by in some of these places. So when it was... When it was cold, and I was usually uh, usually in May was the late. I've never been there later than May, but I've been there as early as January. Um, so when it was cold, and you're you're taking a taking a tinkle, you can get some steam coming off that motherfucking steel. So I, you know you just like. Uh, and then once it warms up, it doesn't steam as much. You you know writing your name on the on, on the steaming piss on the steel. So that was pretty cool. Um, back in Bray had some things some interesting stuff pub wise i was going back to the b&b one night and i saw a guy in a wheelchair so i was cold as fuck that night god damn um so i offered to give him a push home and uh his name was michael as well so i gave michael a push home his neighbor came out wondering what the fuck was going on because she heard him coming home and voices and uh she looked a little confused also, must have been the same trip because I remember going the same direction. Yeah, usually stayed the same direction. Never mind. Just kind of daydreaming here, um, and uh, the sidewalk. You ever have where the sidewalk gets unruly, like comes up at you while you're walking? You got to stomp it down. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, some of you. So yeah, I remember. I remember that there and thinking, Jesus, how the fuck am I not falling? But you know this. I am keeping the sidewalk where it belongs, but it's taking a lot of work. Um, there was a while there. It would have been late 90s. They came up with these Vortex glasses, and I never saw them here. And I used to have a bunch, uh, but I sold all my drinking stuff when I quit. So this very fortunate person for $1,000 got a shitload of interesting bar memorabilia, and an actual bar, and bar stools, and neon signs. Um, but these Vortex glasses, they had a ramp in the bottom that was textured. So when the beer was poured in, it would make a whirlpool, uh, uh, like a tornado. Yeah, not really a whirlpool. It would suck down. It would bubble up. So those were cool. And like I said, they didn't last, it was like a year or two of that. And they never made it here. Um, Carrick and Shannon, which is where we picked up our our cabin cruiser for the, uh, I think that was in Boats 2. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was in Boats 2. Pretty sure. Memories of Ireland. And uh, in the city of Carrick and Shannon, there's a really cool, old, really old bar. And they have which you'll see in movies sometimes, and they have in other cities. But the only time I was in is that it's called a snug, and it's like a booth completely enclosed that you can sit in. So they had those there, and that was, that was slick. Supposedly so people could um, talk devious plans against the uh, occupying force of the British, things like that. There was another very interesting one. Uh, there's a place called the Horseshoe of Cliffany. and it's a horseshoe-shaped beach. And I was driving around, this is back pre-GPS, um, and back when the signage in Ireland was pretty crappy. And I just could not find it. So, I mean, it, it became time to hang it up for the day, hit the pub, and then find a bed and breakfast. And pulled up onto the sidewalk to park which must have been okay because other people were parked there and went in and it was a grocery store like an old time grocery store with dark wood shelves with cans of stuff on it but there was a bar and there was a couple people talking sitting there drinking and they talked like leprechauns and this was in the Gaeltacht, where they speak a lot of Irish so they were there speaking this weird, high-pitched, leprechaun Irish, um, American, not American, English Irish, and then they switched to straight-up Irish, not that I could understand what the fuck they had to say anyway. Um, anyway, sat there, and it was one of those multiple retail, <laughs> multiple retail outlets for your shopping convenience, and sat there for a bit, and the door opened. And uh, in the back of the bar, someone came in, took our order, got us our pints, and popped back to the other side, which is where the actual bar bar was. There's saloon. There's the, what the fuck? There's all these different, you know, there's the bar, the saloon. They're all split up. Like the kids hang out in one, the younger people, the old guys hang out in another part. Uh, it's cool. It's interesting. So that was interesting to be drinking, looking at uh, shelves full of canned goods in a store that was a bar was also on the other side even more of a bar and it turns out went to the um found a bed and breakfast and uh, they asked where we were going which people often did and they were usually quite delighted that i wasn't just going to all the tourist bullshit so then i got the i got the down low on some more interesting things so they said oh yeah if you're interested in a nice cliff drive you just go down here and turn and uh you know it's right there so i went out Left the bed and breakfast, turned left, went down, turned right where they said, which is right where, what? Right where the fucking pub store was. Went down there, and there was the Horseshoe Cliphany. Oh, yeah, it was spectacular. It really was spectacular. I remember it was very clear, and there was a pretty strong wind, and right at the top of the cliff of Cliphany, of the Horseshoe, above the beach, there was a tent pitched, and this uh, young couple came out, and they looked extremely happy to be there, which I thought man, and I thought what a great place to piss off the side of the cliff except the wind's too strong and you get it right back in your fucking face Um, the town of Dingle uh, Dingle's cool too Dingle's really cool, lots of nice pubs um, unfortunately it's on the tourist trail uh, the counterpass going into it from the north is a great drive. Very twisty, very scenic. Um, a bit dangerous. I did lose a outside mirror because it specifically said no caravans and uh, no no trailers. And I was going along, and what comes around the corner, but a station wagon with a horse trailer. So I veered. Because I'm on the left side of the road, they're on the right, where they belong, where I belong. So I veered left further and popped the fucking mirror off, smashed it up a little bit, hit the rocks, which was the uh, guardrail. It was rocks. But oh, yeah, great drive! I always like going to the Conner Pass. Um, but Dingle, lots of nice pubs. Spent uh, a couple couple times I've been there. And the one time, the, it was the first time I'd ever seen the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, there's some Will Ferrell movie out or coming out that has something to do with it. I would recommend not fucking bothering watching it because the true majesty of the Eurovision Song Contest is the Eurovision Song Contest. And you really, you can't top how goofy it is you know, by making fun of it. You really can't. You just just look up uh, top 10 strangest Eurovision contestants and, or something like that. Good stuff. But it's the first time I'd seen it. And it's this Europe-wide, and it goes to Australia now too. Um, so it's a Europe-wide song contest. And each country has its own contest, and then they all get together, and then they have this giant TV show and the country that wins the year before gets to be the host the next year. So they have this televised contest, and then all the countries vote. And But they can't vote for themselves, which makes sense. And then there's this whole thing like, who will win, who won't It's It's actually, you know, I like it. When I remember every year, um, I will tune in and watch just because... It's it's just so fucking... Some of it's just fucking weird. All in a great way. And some of it's... A lot of it's just cheesy. Um, But it's good stuff. So anyway, Ireland had won the year before. And I'm in... I'm in a pub. In Dingle. And they were going around on the breaks. And they were introducing each of the counties. And when they got to... I don't even know what county Dingle's in, but they said Dingle Town. <laughs> Dingle Town. Um, such and such and there on the TV is the pub I'm sitting in. Pre recorded, you know, and then eh, people start clapping. So I became a huge fan of Eurovision just watching that and that magical experience. I also, during the Euro- Eurovision song contest, I keep hearing kept hearing uh, music, like singing. I'm like, who the fuck? Instead of watching this thing, is is putting money in the jukebox and and playing music. And uh, it kept happening. And it would, you know, it stopped and then it happened again. And when I left, turns out it was a guy. And he was at the bar. And he was either totally passed the fuck out with his head on his folded arms, or he was singing in this fantastic, beautiful, on pitch voice and nothing in between. So that was interesting. Um uh, way up north, northwest. Like up as far north as Northern Ireland. There's a part that curls up to the northwest of the republic and it's called Dunglow. And um we'd meant to leave at 5, but this some people came in. I believe they were from Scotland and London a family and asked when the music was, where the music was going to be and and I'm like I don't know uh, but started talking to them and uh, next thing you know this has happened multiple times over there getting ready to leave and then next thing you know it's getting near closing time but in between closing time and when they showed up there was a young woman with a Casio keyboard who was the entertainment and also the uh, proprietor of the bar who obviously had a uh, a false leg from the way he walked but obviously from his demeanor and the way he would look at you would never take a fucking ounce of shit from anybody not to say it was a dick but you could just tell that he ain't having no trouble with nobody not happening so I went up and I said I'd like a bottle of Bulmers please and he said what would you like then a bottle I said yeah a what a bottle. Ah, very good. Of what? Boomers. Boomers. Yeah. Boomers. So, what would you like then? A bottle of Boomers? Ow. Oh, fair play to you. So, I got a little lesson there. Um, then, to get to the jacks, I had to cut past the keyboard player. And so, she was in between songs and I was walking past and she says there's something you'd like to hear and I said oh no thanks you're doing well and as I walked away she goes oh I love an American accent and I'm like, yeah I really killed it didn't I and then I ended up talking to uh, a young man and his his wife from Belfast and then at the end of the night uh, it was time to get the fuck out and I said well have a good night and he said have a great life Now why you gotta put that on me man seriously Ah, he's a nice guy and there's uh, this town called uh, well let me I forgot something I actually forgot something I'm going to save that one let me go back There was uh, there's pubs everywhere there's bed and breakfast everywhere I do tell people don't overplan your trip to Ireland you may end up staying somewhere for three days that you thought you'd just drive through so it was a crossroads middle of fucking nowhere and pulled in, had to have a, had to have a lash. So bought a half and a half, you know, and came back, ended up talking to the barman so long that um, I don't know how long it was. It didn't seem long, but he said, you know, we are at rooms upstairs. And I said, what the, what fucking time is it? He had been hours and hours and hours. And I actually was on somewhat of a timetable had to get somewhere. Um, so yeah, that can happen. I mean, you just be—you just heard, you know, in Dunglow getting ready to leave, and then stop to take a piss in this other place. I don't even know where the fuck it was, and end up, you know, the guy saying, "Why don't you just spend the night?" And I went—I well, actually thought about it for a minute. Um, but the—I uh, told you about the Guinness guts. So down in the south, and Bantry. Is down there. It's all right. It's I think it was think is probably the last time that I actually ventured down into the south like that, into the cities, rather than just staying in the in the west, in the northwest, or in a boat. Um, so I got Guinness guts, and it was getting pretty tragic, and it was getting to be quite the emergency. So pulled to a pub, went in the second X misses living large. And I go, order the the half and half, the half pint. You know, this half pint of that. Because I would never just go in, use the jacks, and fuck off. This just not how it's done. Right? Anywhere in the world. Right? So I get in there. Um, At this point, I'm clenched, and I'm jogging. And I open the stall, and there's no toilet paper. And I open the other stall, and and there's no toilet paper. And I said, (sighs) pfft. At this point, I'm barely breathing. I'm clenched so hard. So what I do is I go, fuck, I'll just use the paper towels. There are no paper towels. And at this point, I spied a towel, like a dish towel. And that's what they were using to dry their hands. Thankfully, that's what was there for people to draw. There was no one in there. Um, So I grabbed that. And, Got clothing away from the um, emergency area and got the emergency area over the toilet just in time to avoid what would have been, as far as I'm concerned, an absolute fucking tragedy. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if I would have shit my pants, you know? (laughs) Seriously. I guess it doesn't matter. Work out your own, you know, situation on that. I didn't have to because I made it. But uh, then I was left with that dish towel. And I'll tell you what, until I got my bidet at home, that was the best, was using that dish towel to wipe my ass. Seriously. I mean, I was thinking if I win the lottery, I'm just going to have like a pile four feet high of dish towels by the side of the toilet but then i got the bidet cocoa the crapper cover and uh that worked out that's even better so um there is a city in the southeast y-o-u-g-h-a-l is the name of it how do you pronounce it go ahead no try again no nope. one more time all right give up y'all pronounced y'all um we were on our way to see the dog races and y'all I uh, had to stop this was just a piss break and walk in do the half and half thing um I see the sign it says toilets men toilets women go toilets men open the door and it's where the snooker table is and it's full of kids well, kids of drinking age and under, because, you know, it's kind of in the middle of, well, y'all's a city. But anyway, it's full of young people, and they are having the most fantastic beer mat fight. Coasters? fucking, <laughs> They're fucking flying everywhere. Um, look a little stunned, because obviously, I don't, I'm not a local. It's one of those places that probably nobody who's not a local stops in very often. Um... So I go in and uh, wade through that, enjoyably. Don't see another door, like a regular bathroom door, you know, the frosted glass, that kind of thing, or anything. There's just another sign that says, Toilets Men. So I go through that room, and I go, open that door, which is just a door, and I'm outside. And I thought, mm, I don't think I really missed anything. And I know I opened the door that said Toilet's Men. So then I'm looking around in this courtyard. And I thought, well, you know, guys will piss anywhere. And I got ready to kind of walk behind some machinery. And I heard voices. And um, took a few more steps. And there was this outdoor bathroom. With two urinals. And a shitter with no door on it. And there was a, like three or four dudes in there hanging out. Taking a piss. Chatting. And um, they had said something. I, I can't remember what it was. But I retorted in a humorous manner. And they said, where are you from then? I said, America. What, what are you doing here on holiday? Ah, don't worry. I've got plenty of Budweiser for you. I said, fuck Budweiser. And they went, ah, what do you drink then? I said, uh, you know, Smithicks, Bulmers. Ah, fucking brilliant. Come on in. Oh, man. They, uh, they were fun. They did not want me to leave. I said, where are you going then? Where are you after going? I said, the dog races. Ah, they've already started. I said, what time is it? Don't know. What time do they start? Don't know. (laughs) Thing. <laughs> okay, I get you. Um, uh, sadly, I had to part company with him because I did want to see the dog races, and that ended up being really fucking cool. There's a little glassed-in grandstand, and the touts were out front with their chalkboards, the bookies, and what they would—they would literally look at the other guy's chalkboard and change the odds. Um, I'd never been to a, a greyhound race before. Fucking nuts, absolutely nuts. Um, also, needed a little pick me up, so sent the second ex Mrs. Living Large and Hire to get me a coffee. Came with a actual cup and saucer and metal spoon. Fucking great. So, anyway, that's this is Pubs Part 1. Uh, there will be at least one more part. If I'm going to go on like this, I got a feeling there's going to be two more parts. And as always, thank you very much for listening. And as always, oh, big shout out to Connie Whitebread, who's a very devoted listener. Lots of feedback. Same for Bobas. both those, both those cats. They have both been in um, their own episodes. I uh, really appreciate it. Don't like don't like throwing these out in a vacuum, getting nothing back. So you got anything to tell me about them? What you like? What you don't like? You can also give me uh, recommendations. I did a very short episode called Pick Your Own, or You Pick It, Or and I wasn't talking about your ass or your nose. Uh, you pick it, and you just let me know if it's something we've done together or something, maybe a story I told you, and you want to hear it again, elaborate it on, or you want me to just to make shit up for 15, 20 minutes about a subject, like you can throw me anything, and I'll do my best to make it at least moderately entertaining. So as I said at the beginning, uh, Micromax Marvin messaged me on Facebook uh, and DM me, Living Large and Hard, Instagram, and SoundCloud, you can, if you're listening on SoundCloud, you can comment there, shitforbrains, gmail.com, X-I-T-F-E-R-B-R-A-I-N-S, and as always, up here, above 309 Route 309, heading north and south, right below me, here in the skybox, high above that little conduit of traffic, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Bye for now, and let's listen to some of that traffic.